Hello and welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, a podcast where we discuss and review movies, trailers, TV shows, and anything else pop culture. In today's episode, we're doing an end-of-summer check-in as we prepare for a pretty busy fall and winter release schedule. Uh, my name is Ivan, and I'm joined today by my co-host and avid pod collector, Emmett. Hello. Yep, I collect pogs, pog champs, poggers. Uh, <laughs> if you want to throw any pogs my way, I will take them. All right. Did you open up that P.O. box we talked about? Uh, P.O.G. box, yeah. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> details at the end of this episode um all right so we we have a kind of little bit of a light um list of topics here today but uh, I, I guess we should probably keep it off with the news just do a circle through a bunch of different topics so news related or just show related but uh what about life related how have you been tell us how it's been how do you feel emotionally i'll tell you how i've been i've been pretty stellar wow yeah. How do I how do I top that? You can't. So you might as well not try. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Let's start off. Can we start off with the venom? Sure. I made a mistake on our last episode. Um, I thought that they moved Venom actually to 2022 because I had heard that that was kind of in in the discussion board there. But looks like I was <laughs> really wrong. And that's why I wanted to start here, uh, just because of all the hate mail that we got for you being wrong on that. Um, so thank you for apologizing finally publicly. Yes, I needed to. It's been it's been weighing down on me for the last 14 days. So they didn't move it back four months. They moved it up two weeks. So we're getting it. Uh, it leapfrogged the Bond movie, and it's coming out first week of October. How excited are you? Um, I, on, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't too excited. I mean, like, I'm looking forward to it, but it's there not something We're that gonna I'm like... We're going to get more hate mail now. Oh. <laughs> the Venom probably. heads are going to come after you. They, they probably are. <laughs> um, no, but I'll, honestly, it just, it's been a movie that I definitely want to watch, but it, it's just not at the top of my list in terms of, like, most anticipated for the year. I will say, though, that there's been... Um, I, That's I, because I, this is a stacked year. Or a stacked last four months yeah i was about to say like the year actually it, it, in in retrospect it kind of has been a stacked year right because of the first half of the year we, we got some pretty big um hits that were due a little while back so i guess in a way yeah we, we did get an overloaded year because so much like other things moved out of 2021 into this year so it was a lot of just stacking up but i mean it, it most of it kind of fell within this realm of like uh blockbuster popcorn big movie like big screen movies right i feel like there wasn't that many like oscar worthy type movies um no and actually now that you bring that up yeah like we're, we're getting the toronto film festival and that and all that kind of kick started back up so that's what's going to probably be putting things in and I also feel like anything that was or would have been a contender, like the Tribeca Film Festival this year, like none of that is coming out really publicly for a while. So, yeah, I think you're right. Like it, it's a year for popcorn flicks. I will say, though, uh, diverting away from Venom for a second, if you haven't seen Coda on Apple, what is it, Apple TV's network, whatever that's called, that's definitely a good one worth watching. 
Is that the uh, Jason Momoa series? No, it's a movie. It's uh, Child of Deaf Adults is Coda. It got like a 90, 98 fan score and like 95 critic score or something like that. It's it's really, really good. All right, now I got I to gotta, I gotta look at this now. I don't know why I was confusing with the Jason Momoa series where he's like... Um, he he's like playing this husband out for revenge. Kind That's of thing. like every role that he's in. The, not every role. He's he had the. Uh, no, no, he sought <laughs> revenge there too. He's but either was, he's either married or single, seeking revenge. <laughs> but no, but then there was the one where he's like mute or something. But no, no, no. I think he sought what? revenge too. The he series played, on Apple Plus. He played a a. Deaf. Person? I think he he was deaf or he was mute. One of those. I I, I know it's like I, I'm mixing it up here, but. I'm All right. Well, to... I'll look into that one. But <laughs> let's circle back to Venom. So it, it's moving up. Uh, you're not over the hills for this one, huh? But you're still gonna go see it. There's something that kind of is like piquing my interest here. Like I was texting you earlier, but apparently there were some screeners earlier this week uh, for critics. And there has been a lot of talk about the after the credit sequences for this movie. So, so you're only in interest. it. You're only in it for a setup of something else. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I enjoyed the first one as much as I could, but like, it wasn't my, it wasn't my like uh, my my cup of tea, I guess. Wow. We I had this whole you, debate too. You think <laughs> you know somebody? I loved this mo- uh, the first movie. I went two or three times uh, while it was in theaters. If it's ever on TV, I'll leave it on. I love uh, James Hardy in there. Or Tom Hardy, why am I thinking James Hardy? Who's that? You're, you're thinking of Jason Momoa. Yeah, I think you put that J in my head. But Tom <laughs> Hardy is even better than his brother, James. <laughs> or his uh, cousin, Tom Hardy. Does he? Does Tom Hardy have a cousin also called Tom? Yeah, there's two Tom Hardys. All right, now I'm getting very confused, but I loved him in this. <laughs> I was very surprised that he did the voice of Venom. Um, I thought this was one of those movies that just had like really stellar action scenes, and I expect that for the second one. I'm looking forward to Woody Harrelson as Carnage. Yeah, he's going to be a total uh, cuckoo head. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I haven't enjoyed anything with uh, with Woody Harrelson as much as I've enjoyed his uh, role in Zombieland. White men can't jump. <laughs> he's he's been in a lot of good stuff, but I'm saying like for me, peak Woody Harrelson is is uh, Zombieland Woody Harrelson. That was peak Woody. For me, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> that and his time over at Pan Am. So. Oh yeah, the Hunger Games series. I like him when he's playing a drunk in the press. Yeah, <laughs> it says something about you, Ivan. I think it does. <laughs> Oops. Uh, what else have we gotten in the trailer world? A couple have come out this past week, right? The Matrix is back. Uh, yeah, we're not done with that series yet, are we? <laughs> we're not. I'm only disappointed that the... This trailer did not include any lines from Agent Smith going, Mr. Anderson. 
Yeah, that was that was the best part. And it looks like the architect got younger by about 70 years. <laughs> Just about. And so they recast Morpheus? Was that? I think they did. But for like the very first glimpse of him, I was like, oh, they're bringing him back. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, they're not. That was just a very fast action scene. <laughs> I so, thought it was like um, Morpheus, but de-aged. And then I had it like it wasn't until the third time that I saw the trailer that I'm like, oh, wait, no. He, right. It looked, recast him. it looked just like him. Like a, so a younger to, version of him. I'm so used to like them hollywood just de-aging all these actors now that i'm like sometimes i don't even question it but they didn't bother to de-age uh neo and they let him grow out the facial hair in in their defense keanu reeves kind of looks better now than he did back in the, <laughs> the late 90s no way i don't i i see him as a huge jackman type you get what i mean like the, the older he gets the more i feel like he he looks a lot better hmm I don't know. I like the clean shaven. You like um, clean shaven Keanu? I did. Yeah, in the replacements, he had his long hair there. It's a compromise. But I prefer he shaved, grungy, uh, disheveled, end of um, John Wick three Keanu. All right. Well, we have our differences. Clearly. <laughs> but so so the point of this trailer is that he takes the blue pill instead of the red pill this time, which means like he's willing to go back into the simulation. What do we think this movie's about? <laughs> I'll be honest, I have no idea. But I couldn't get a feel from the trailer. No. It definitely was like a true teaser though. So I I I there's enough elements there to just kind of pull it nostalgia and I feel like that's what the whole trailer was kind of catering to. A nostalgia trip. Um, I don't know. I go back to those movies and I'm like, why did I put so much time into watching these? I kind of <laughs> have regret over them. I mean, they're very cool. And at the time, the graphics looked good. I mean, if you look back now, they look terrible. But uh, I don't know. They The second movie was kind of pointless and a little too long. The third movie was like, I just want to see the like what happens at the ending here. I don't think we need a fourth. <laughs> I really don't think we do either. This is one where I feel like if they were going to do this, then I would have been okay if they did like a remake or a straight out reboot, right? But it doesn't seem like this is necessarily that. Yeah, and like if we're in an age where we're going back to like an Ocean's Eleven and making an Ocean's Eight with an all-female cast, why don't we just do that for The Matrix? Like if you want to reboot the franchise, do it in a different way. Give us female Neo. Yeah, who would that be? Uh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman's good in anything you put her in. I know. I just well, casted her. Give me Brie Larson as Neo. There you and go. And I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> the, with the rest of the Avengers, I'm out. Oh my god. Actually, you know what? I'd watch that. If they just put in um, modern Marvel actors just replacing <laughs> different roles in the Matrix, I, I would definitely tune in. What if it was, like, people who died off in Marvel? Like, give us Tony Stark in there. <laughs> this is their rebound job. <laughs> I'd, I'd tune in. I, I'm not a big Matrix fan. I, I know the first one I really, really liked. I thought yeah. the, the Wachowskis did a good job with it. But I, I feel like after that, it did feel like it just kind of... You know what it was? The, the, the other two movies for The Matrix felt like almost like an obligation. 
um, during a time when, like, if your movie made money, then Hollywood almost demanded that you make a sequel. Yeah. And they set themselves up where they had to make a conclusion of it, but it could have been done in two movies. It didn't need all three of them, I think. I think a series would have actually been pretty cool to see if they wanted to do something like that. Because, I don't know. But, but that's I, like that's like nowadays. You don't really you didn't really see that many series of stuff coming out. No, I mean like if they wanted to revisit that world, maybe a series is the best way to go today. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Versus a movie. But I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. A Matrix series. That's like that screams like CW. <laughs> <laughs> oh God no. It does, doesn't it? It's like that's what I picture. Like it would come out quality of like Arrow or something like that. Yeah, you know the the sad part about it is because this is, we're talking about Warner Brothers here, it probably would end up in CW. Yeah, I, I, I will say one thing: um, the stuff that they're doing recently at Warner Brothers, their focus on HBO Max, um, that they're they're doing a couple of shows for DC, like um, uh, let's the Superman Lois show. Uh, it's being held by HBO Max's production teams. I, I think if they would have treated it like that, we probably would have gotten a pretty good. Uh, show but if if they're giving it directly to cw and it's a cw production then yeah it it probably would have flunked right out the gate that's a bummer because uh we need more content on hbo yeah for real (laughs) like good like quality content well they are coming out with that spinoff of colin farrell as penguin i haven't heard of that one what's that so, coming off the heels of the Robert Pattinson Batman movie, it looks like uh, they've greenlit a Penguin series starring Colin Farrell on the, for HBO Max. Will he have three fingers like Danny DeVito? Uh, no, but he will have thinning hair and he will be fat. Okay. So Makes me, makes me feel better about my yeah. physique then. Yeah, definitely. I'll Doesn't... just have to live with my three fingers. And I can finally cosplay as a villain. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man no but yeah so they're doing stuff it's just coming out really slowly and maybe not in, in the time that we really want this to come out you really have to do quality stuff though it's not like it, it it's like it, the timeline can be forgiven if you're making something of really good quality but disney's figured out with these marvel shows how to just have all these projects going on at one time so that they constantly have something new. And they're all really good. They just have a lack of synergy at Warner Brothers. That Yeah, that's really it. That That's kind of where I feel like... Because they've, they've greenlit... What do they have right now? They have a Black Canary series coming out to, on HBO Max. They have a Bad Girl show in development. Um, they're potentially doing a Doctor Fate series. And they're actually doing a Zatanna series. And all of these projects sound like pretty good you know concepts but at the same time it's like none of these characters are all that interconnected and so when they come out and say like oh colin farrell's penguins also getting a spinoff great but how do they tie together like what's gonna get people why should i care yeah yeah right in a way though i almost kind of like that because i mean yes i do want if i'm investing time in it i want it to matter where like It'll make sense when I see Robert Pattinson and Batman or something like that. But I am getting a little sick of how much Marvel there is. And like, 
not everything is a prereq where you have to see it, but it does sometimes feel like that, where there's that pressure, like, I haven't watched that, so I don't get every single joke type of thing. Yeah, I feel like we're getting close to that stage with it. I don't I don't think we're quite there yet, but I do feel like we're building towards that kind of moment. Um, I guess it'll depend on how things kind of go on. I, I, I do, yeah, like, I can take an appreciation to warner brothers maybe doing things a little bit more independently right but then again i also feel like the the reason why marvel's had a lot of success is because it kind of weaves some of the lesser known characters into the projects that involve characters that you do care about yeah nothing has to stand on its own anymore because they've built up this library of content so that's definitely a benefit for them it's just uh i'm just i'll just say that i'm happy that i'm keeping up with these shows as they come out once a one episode per week, I would kind of hate to have to try and catch up if I just skipped all of it and was like, I'll catch it. I'll catch it later. Yeah. And truthfully, let's let's see once we head to the ending of phase four to actually see how important it is to watch the shows or yeah. if you could have skipped it, you know? Yeah, and that would that would be great. I mean, I would hate for it to be where the climax or like the the big ending of whatever is happening in phase four where it's like it's callbacks to captain falcon and the winter soldier or whatever it was (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think so far the only i think the only required viewings might be loki and wandavision um because the rest of it feels like you can maybe just kind of skip or get like the cliff notes version of it and not have to kind of deal with it too much. Yeah, I think you might be right. But speaking of Disney plus and Marvel and the spectacular world of the MCU, this is where they take over the pod, isn't it? Yep. This is where (laughs) we start talking Hawkeye. Who? Hawkeye. You know, Jeremy Renner. No. I was, I was going for the who bit, and you were supposed to say, no, not an owl. That's a hawk. <laughs> we'll we'll get it figured out for next week. Don't worry, We'll, we'll be more in sync. Speaking of lacking synergy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, what would you think of this trailer? I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, no, what would you love about it? Everything about it. <laughs> no, um... You know, I, I think I've I think I've shared this before, but like I I was always a little disappointed at the way that they handled the Hawkeye character in the MCU, only because if you read any Hawkeye comics, um, he's actually a really interesting character and probably one of the most likable heroes um, that Marvel has. And a lot of the big um, reasoning behind it is because th- th- there have been a lot of creative choices gone into the character especially within the last 20 years or so that have really kind of like fleshed him out um but all of that was just kind of brushed aside by joss whedon when he was um, setting up the avengers movies the hawkeye of the comics does not have a family um he's deaf and he's also he comes from a background of like circus performers and assassins so he started off as a bad guy um and then became a good guy so did he have red in his ledger? <laughs> Too much red. It's overflowing. <laughs> um, but him and Black Widow, that's why they were like kind of a perfect pairing um, anytime that they would get written into comics. So 
for me, this series is kind of uh, Disney's opportunity to set things right with the character in the MCU. I think Jeremy Renner is a fine actor. Get rid of his family? Yeah, get rid of all of them. (laughs) All in one shot. Go ahead. They did that. They did that in Endgame, and then they brought him back. Well, now we can do it again, but definitively this time. (laughs) No, I, I... Look, here's what has me excited. I there's a comic book run by an a uh, writer called Matt Fraction, uh, and he came out with this book about I want to say like 2010, 2011 or so. It's the best run of a comic book out of Marvel, I think, within the last like 20 or so years. Whoa! It's it it was really good. It 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 took my um, liking of Hawkeye and made me really really like the character. Um, and that's what they're basing the show off of. Um, so for me, th- that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm also looking forward to the introduction of Kate Bishop, who's being played by Haley Steinfeld. Um, I like her as an actress, too, and everything she's been, I feel like she's always kind of like brings this new... She brings a lot of charisma to the table. Uh, so, yeah, I, like, I'm, I'm excited. From the looks of the trailer, it looks like that's kind of what they're aiming for here is like Hawkeye's redemption as his time when he was wearing that um, Ronin costume from Endgame. Um, which also was a really cool sequence in Endgame and we never really got a chance to look at what all the stuff that he did with that. It was just kind of like a two, what it was like two or three minute um, sequence there. Yeah, there was a lot uh, left on the cutting table with that, wasn't there? Yeah, like you know he went bad. He started hunting down criminals out of like, I guess, remorse. but I mean, there was there was a lot of there was a couple scenes that between Scarlett Johansson and Jeremy Renner in Endgame that were cut out, so their scenes felt a little rushed, like her just bringing him back. Right. So, so I, I, I would love for them to. You don't have to do a deep dive in this series. You don't have to waste a lot of time with it, but definitely explain a little bit, like what did he actually do? What made him think that that was the right way to go? Yeah. And just set up some stuff for the future, because obviously they it looks like they're adamant about getting Haley Steinfeld's character. If you say Young Avengers, one more time. The Young Avengers <laughs> are definitely <laughs> Young Avengers versus Mephisto. Here it comes, folks. <laughs> Dude, now that you mention it, <laughs> uh, I d- I do like this trailer. I like that it's fast paced. I like that uh, it's centered around the holidays. Um, it's kind of got like a, I'm not, even though I've never really watched the whole thing through, it's, it does have a diehard feel to it. It seems like a lot of fans are making that connection. So it, you know, it, it's always going to be, well, I'll, I'm, I'm going to hold off being skeptical about it until after, because they seem to have taken characters that you like and don't like or are neutral about and have done well with. So I think I'll give this some slack being a character that I didn't really care about. Um, and just see like how they how they play around with it. This might also introduce um, or reintroduce the Kingpin and uh, and Daredevil. Maybe I'm just kind of speculating here because there's a there's a glimpse of another character in the trailer called Echo. Um, called what? Echo. Echo. It's um yeah, <laughs> it's uh, another um deaf character from from Marvel, but she's. She, she's also really cool, and she, it kind of makes me think of like some of the stuff that Marvel might be setting up here. But um, this series kind of in in the books anyway, it kind of plays into that 
Daredevil world. So I don't know if they are going to reintroduce elements of Daredevil and, and the Netflix show that we had before, then this might be the space for them to do that. So what's this? It It's the same length as the other ones, like a six hour runtime. Um, yeah, this one is supposed to run six episodes long. So I'm not entirely sure what the runtime is going to be necessarily, but I got to think it, it can't be more than like 45 minutes an episode or so. Well, runtime counts the credits too, right? So like that's why Loki was like six hours because each episode was 52 minutes long or something like that. Yeah, but I think the actual content is probably like around 40, 45 minutes or so. Which I prefer when looking back at like WandaVision, those 25 minute episodes were not enough. Yeah, no, it definitely left us hanging quite a bit. But you know what is working in a 25 minute episode? This What If series. Is it? It, <laughs> it is for me. I If you're cool with moving on from Hawkeye, I, I would want to talk about this yeah. week's What If, and this week's being. Uh, Killmonger saves Tony Stark as the scenario. I I think this short uh, length of time for for these episodes is working. They're they've figured out what to do from the beginning, uh, like what where they were having shortcomings in the beginning of the series. I think now they figured out like we can kind of just get to the interesting stuff quickly. Because we have all this character development, we don't have to like replay scenarios. Yeah, and it kind of continues the almost like dark trend I guess they've been going on here. Yeah, this is like the third in a row, right? Yeah, just about. Well, let's see. We have the um, Avengers murder mystery, right? Then did we jump to? Then it was Doctor Strange. That's right, Doctor Strange, and that was the darkest zombies. one. <laughs> and then, uh, and then zombies was also left like I mean, at the end of these, this one and the zombie one, they do leave it with like a glimmer of hope, being like, uh, we can always hold out hope for our heroes or something silly like that. But uh, it, it, they have been ending it where the bad guy is kind of the winner. It definitely feels like they're playing up with elements that or i don't know if you get this feeling but like whoever's behind each episode seems to be having a lot of fun with the concepts here like a no holds barred kind of thing like every time i feel like maybe maybe disney's not going to allow them to go down this route they go ahead and actually go through with it yeah and i think it's just to be like in this what if series the Avengers were always just a very small step away from failing kind of a thing, right? So I, I think that's a better play as opposed to all the movies we're used to where they always end up the winner easily. I like that they were like, it could have gone the other way if this one step went wrong. Right. Right. And I feel like they, they've grown accustomed to kind of like making sure that they're actually doing this uh, or making a good use of the time that they're that they got here because i think those first two maybe three episodes it felt like they were not quite sure what to do with the with the show so they would just take a couple little elements here and i feel like the last couple have been definitely very uh 
a lot more um, open to exploring bigger ideas. Yeah, I think the only thing that's not working for me in this series is the voice acting. Um, now, hear me out. I do love hearing like Chadwick again, uh, getting his role reprised through uh, T'Challa. And I think they've done they've used him in a lot of these episodes, uh, which was really cool to see. But I just feel like you have the likeness of the character and then you even get to bring back some of the characters the actual actors voices like Rhodey or happy in this one and it's like the quote-unquote right voice but then you go to like this cover band version of tony stark who it's somebody who can't bring their own elements of voice acting to the screen because it's like that doesn't fit i'm looking i'm having he's having a conversation with don Cheadle and john favreau and it just doesn't work so either you know divert off into not the comic book or not the actor likeness or or stick with it and get everybody back on board um it's like that it's like the same thing with that um that video game that came out that kind of flopped for the avengers they they kind of brought in all these other voice actors and they kind of made the uh characters look less like the actors which i thought was the right way to go is like abandon it fully or or bring it all back, you know? Yeah, I feel like, and and I can only speculate on this, but I know there's limitations on bringing back some of the voice cast. Uh, from my understanding of it, it comes down to, like, a contractual negotiation with them because there's certain actors that they have. Like, Robert Downey Jr., they can't afford to bring him in. Um, they have to, like, it has to be a big movie. So I kind of get why they wouldn't, like, they can't really use him. But maybe, like, go search out a voice actor who's able to match his voice better than this. You know, like, I, I feel like they have to do a better job with the casting. Because I don't, like, I don't think we can see a um, a scenario where they're, they're able to bring back all of them uh, to voice their... Uh, the respective actors. I mean, the respective mm, roles. They but... have the budget. Come on. <laughs> Not for this, though. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's like one day of work for the for the voice actor. It's true, but it's also like when you when you're comparing it or weighing it against the budget, like Robert Downey Jr. For example, like he commands a very high premium. So does Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth. So I don't see any of those three coming back to voice their characters cuz they're just going to ask for more for a lot more money than Marvel's willing to pay out. All right, then pull off, pull off like a Chadwick thing and just have like lines that they used in the movies and just <laughs> re- repurpose those. Yeah. I mean, they they could go that route. But yeah, I, I get what you mean though. Like I I think the solution though is like they they have to really cast better uh for these actors. They really got a voice match a lot better than this. And if they don't, then let's just get everybody as a fresh new like new voice here. Because otherwise, you're right, it, it does sound a little off-putting. Right, and I, I don't mind that they can't get these actors. That's not what I'm saying. Like I'm not being like, oh, you should get them all. But either get all of them or get none of them. And just let the voice actors, if you're getting none of them then, let the voice actors kind of have their own play with like, here's what I would bring to this character. Right. Cause it's weird. It's just weird when you have like this Tony Stark 
guy who, uh, this guy doing Tony Stark's voice, doesn't sound like Robert Downey Jr., but he's having a conversation with John Favreau. And that is like, yeah, you're right, because it does throw off quite a bit. Um, yeah, and it's probably the- just being nitpicky, because I mean the plots are cool, the ideas are are interesting. I mean, this one was really cool because it, you didn't just get Killmonger's story advancing into the MCU faster. You all, it's a, it's a two for one. You also got what would Tony Stark be like if he wasn't Iron Man, and he, they kept him like as the same narcissistic billionaire, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was under the impression that they were going to do something a little bit differently, where like the, the entire cast is different, or you know, like. More and than that would just, be fine. Yeah, but here, like, not only visually, but, like, from a voice perspective, yeah, they try to stick as close to the MCU as possible. That's us getting the privilege of being nitpicky. So, otherwise, it's a pretty cool series so far. So, what do we have left? We have, like, only two episodes, right? Or is it three? Um, What is this? Like, six, right? Six episodes? So, yeah, I, I think we got three left. Exciting stuff. Did you notice the Watcher is getting closer and closer to frame in every episode? Yeah, he's making himself uh, like more humanoid, right? Like he was just like a reflection in the stars before, and then he was a big head to Doctor Strange, and now he's like a full body. Yeah, it's like he's getting ready to interfere. Which storyline would make him interfere with? I mean, we saw Doctor Strange completely delete the world. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel we we are getting obviously going to get head into that, right? Because like the the Watcher is one of those characters in comics with that he's like doomed to always interfere, even though his main primary function is to not interfere. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for him to actually do something. It's got to be like a multiversal threat, I'd imagine. Is there a Galactus out there, maybe? Like, that, that'd that be pretty cool to see. Do you think we, uh, because we can't get him in the movies, we'll get him in a TV show? Um, it's possible. I, although, I will say that I feel like we are definitely going to get uh, Galactus in the movies. How long is that going to take, though? Is that That's not Phase 4 accomplishable, is it? Um... We're going to have to start no. making new phases. It'll probably be phase five or something like that. <laughs> DEFCON five. Right? No, like, <laughs> I, I do feel he's coming, though. Like, I don't I don't think, um, if 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 you had, if we had asked this question about maybe ten years ago or so, I'd be like, they would never make Galactus. He's a giant, giant man whose, like, pawn is this silver man who's on a surfboard. Like, they'll never do something that silly, but they have done stuff sillier than that, so. Well, we already got the best version of Galactus. The Fortnite version of Galactus? No. It was against Chris no. Evans, though. No, don't. <laughs> don't even. I'm just saying. It was a really don't. good movie. No. It was... <laughs> no. <laughs> I, unpopular opinion, I enjoyed those movies. They hit right at the right age where I was like, this is amazing graphics. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Plus, Silver Surfer was my favorite, and I thought they actually did well with him, and I'll even hold that up today. 
I, Silver Surfer was handled well. I Not think. like plot wise, but like look wise, they nailed it. Yeah. I mean, like it's that's the best they could have done at that point too. Like I don't I don't know who else could have done a better job than than what they were able to do. Yeah. But Cloud Galactus, <laughs> really? Yeah, Cloud Galactus, Cloud uh, villain from Green Lantern, for or Cloud Dormammu. Which one's your favorite? Or which one's the best out of those three? See, but Cloud Dormammu makes sense mm-hmm. because that's been an iteration of him. No, no. I'm Cloud... talking, like, in the plot and graphics, which one's the best? <laughs> and you know I'm right. <laughs> it's Cloud Dormammu for me over Cloud All right, Galactus. well, you can go live in that time flux forever <laughs> and have to deal with that one. <laughs> I'd rather deal with floating hair. He at least had a face, all right? Cloud Galactus <laughs> was just a cloud. I know, that's why I was like, it kept it so simple. But fine, if you if you like faces, then basically you're saying Green Lantern's cloud face, yellow power was uh was better than Galactus? Okay, Ivan. Look, we don't talk about Green Lantern on this podcast. Okay? <laughs> no, we do. We we face the tough issues here because we other people aren't. Look, this isn't the Ryan Reynolds retrospect segment of our podcast. Well, maybe it I should think. be. Maybe it should. <laughs> did you see that uh, TikTok meme he did with Will Ferrell singing yeah. the, the round? God, Ryan Reynolds is like the marketing genius. Oh my God, Everything yeah. he does right now is just perfect. He's responsible for adding a particular sequence in Free Guy. This, I haven't seen moment. that yet. Was that good? It was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, you went th- to theaters for that? I did go to theaters for that. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> did you second show that? Like, Did you go so, pay for Shang-Chi and then just walk into Free Guy? No. I have that um, AMC subscription oh you're back still. on stubs man yeah i am i am i i i, I am i probably um, would be too but there's no amc around me so you know it was it was it was like a friday afternoon about a month ago or so and i was heading home after meeting a friend and i just had a curiosity i was like you know what how many seats are available for free guy and literally like it was just me and two other people in the theater and so I went and sat the farthest away that I could from any p- person, strapped on my mask, and like enjoyed the show. And I actually really liked the experience because AMC was actually scrubbing. Like I literally saw workers coming in and scrubbing down every seat, even the ones that were not occupied. So it kind of gave me a little bit of like spring of confidence to be like, you know what? Yeah, I think I will come back and watch Shang Chi. And I did. All right. Well, so it was good though. It was I, good, yeah. I feel like it's kind of like dumb humor, though, right? It definitely is. Like to me, it's kind of like Detective Pikachu in terms of like the appeal. I can't tell if I liked Detective Pikachu or not. I feel like the Pokemon were cool, but then everything about it was not. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed like I enjoyed it for Ryan Reynolds, and I feel yeah, like yeah. Yeah, and if if you liked Detective Pikachu on that level, then yeah, you'll you'll enjoy Free Guy. Um, it's not like you know, run out this minute and go watch it in theaters kind of thing, but it, like it definitely is. Uh, it it is a a movie that I feel like will get a really good response with a big crowd. If we were 
back in pre-pandemic age. Yeah. Um, Have you seen a big crowd yet? I I, sure. I, get, I feel like I'm going at the wrong times because I've gone. Well, I've gone like matinees mostly, so I I don't really give myself an opportunity to see a crowd. But I haven't seen a, a stadium fill up yet or a, a theater fill up yet. I don't think I told you about my Shang-Chi experience, but I went Thursday night, so opening night for Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was my sister and I, because like, I wasn't going to actually go see it because I was waiting on the group of friends for the weekend, but then um, my sister canceled her plans. I ended up like being free on on Thursday. And so we went to go see it because we were both looking at uh, seats and we realized that there were only four tickets sold at one of the showings. And so it was the RPX screen at the local uh, Regal here in Astoria. Uh, I went, like, we, we went. So you're going got... to Regal movies while on a Stubbs program? Yeah. Yes, because AMC is all the way in the city. And it was late at night. I did not want to go right. any further. I just want you to realize you're overspending. Oh, I'm fully aware. <laughs> Sorry, I cut, I cut you off there. So you went um, to a, a showing that you you bought tickets that only had four seats. Yeah, it only had four seats. So me and my sister went in. We were like, you know what? We were so confident that we're like, you know what? Maybe we can even go maskless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that didn't last. Um, slowly, a lot of people started showing up, and we took aisle seats so that you know, like, I don't yeah. know about anybody else, but I'm always paranoid. Like, if I need to use the restroom, I don't want to like. Ask somebody yeah, to move. Yeah, so. I'm the same. I'd rather be asked to move than asked to move someone. Yeah. So we were in a in a space where like people normally don't like start taking seats, and it, it, the theater got packed, with the exception of the front two rows. Those were the only two rows that they didn't like. Nobody sat on there, but the rest of the theater got packed. There was no social distancing by the end of the once really? everybody started going in, like right before the previews. Yeah. So. We got a legitimate MCU um, opening night experience, which was great. You know, like we contemplated leaving when we realized yeah. that half the theater was getting crowded. But at the same time, we were like, you know what? We're fully vaxxed. They were actually checking for uh, vaccination cards. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gave us the confidence to be like, you know what? We can risk it. It's fine. But yeah, yeah, I. that's the one instance so far uh, out of the four times that I've gone to the movies <laughs> Yeah, uh, I probably would stay too if it's opening night cuz I do miss the the Marvel crowd watching it together. Oh dude, I I I really enjoy the crowd reaction and I feel like that's like almost 50% of my enjoyment of these movies sometimes. Yeah. Um at least opening night. Uh there's something about it and I feel like it always this the experience for watching Shang-Chi in the beginning for for opening night, it, it it reminded me just how much. No matter what happens in the future, streaming wise, like I'll always have a love for going to watch a movie in the big on the big screen. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that even if they were to pull off those type of things with Black Widow, where it's released at home or in theater. I'm going to defer to the theater for those for those movies that I really am passionate about. The one I'm really, really looking forward to here is getting that first crowd opening night reaction from uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I know. I think I might risk it and just be like, I'm going to go opening night, even if it's going to be a huge crowd. I have to see this. I cannot 
even have a potential of a spoiler by somebody else, you know? Yeah. And we have those third dose vaccines coming out soon. So I'm like, you know what? I'll get my booster shot. I'll line up in theaters for Spider-Man. I'll double up the boosters if I have to. I got two arms. <laughs> Collecting all the shots. <laughs> and my infinity so... gauntlet. <laughs> he possesses the power of Moderna and Pfizer. Speaking speaking of Spider-Man, though, uh, nothing terribly new. Uh, we already talked about the trailer. And it seemed like a lot of people wanted to listen to that episode. So uh, it'd be a disservice not to talk about anything else going on. But... Did you watch the Andrew Garfield on Jimmy Fallon uh, interview? Yes. Um, or just part of it, even? No, I watched the whole thing after you texted me on it. Um, but I went back and saw a couple of other interviews recently because I know, like, the poor guy has been questioned about this so much <laughs> in the last couple weeks. Um, I know. Yeah, so if you're not keeping up with it, basically Andrew Garfield was the kind of the second popular uh, Spider-Man. Obviously, Tobey Maguire had his own trilogy at first. And then when Tobey was done with the character, Andrew Garfield came in, had two movies, and everyone thought he was going to get a third. And then obviously didn't. And Tom Holland came in for the MCU. So now it's all resurfacing that he's going to be, he he being Andrew and Tobey are going to be Either it could be anything from major leading parts in Spider-Man No Way Home or basically just like a little cameo. But we definitely know that they're the villains from their movies are going to be in the movie. So it kind of stands to reason that they'll at least make an appearance. And it's been the subject of so much drama, fan tears and fan fears for like the last, what, 18 months or so. Like it's been nonstop speculation. Well, yeah, and then there was also like rumors of saying of people saying that they saw Toby on set. People have said that they saw Andrew on set. So it it was like for a while here, it's been all but confirmed that they will be in it, right? So right. obviously now that he's for I don't know why he's doing press. Is, does he have something else coming out? He had a os like an Oscar contender type movie come out recently. Okay. And so he's been doing like press junkets for um for that. And I believe it's the movie that's directed by the Hacksaw Ridge director. I'm like trying to remember the name of this uh of this film. I don't know why like it's escaping me right now. Um I don't remember either. Oh, it's uh I think it's the eyes of uh, Tammy Faye is the the movie. Um Anyway, he's he's been doing uh, press uh, press junkets on on that film. Okay, so yeah, so he's back on the circuit with um, he just did an interview with Jimmy Fallon and Fallon basically tried to confront him to get him to admit that he is or isn't in there. And usually, movies with Marvel uh, or movies around Marvel, uh, the actors are signed to like fifteen different NDAs and always give the same runaround of, oh, I don't know, you'll just have to wait and see type thing. Or they always say, like, I don't know what I can say. But when pressed, Andrew Garfield adamantly stated that he does not appear in the movie, that, like, he doesn't know that he would be in it. Um, 
And basically, it just comes down to, do you believe him or not? Like, he, he said he wants to, like, set people's expectations so that they're not upset. Do you believe him? I kind of do. Only because, like, and I know this is a Sony NDA, and, and you were telling me that their NDAs are even more strict than, like, Disney's are. So I would just imagine that he would he would go with the storyline or like the the talking bit of I have no idea what you're talking about like you'll just have to wait and see type thing I I don't think he would adamantly disprove it Yeah I don't I'm a little torn on this because I feel like on one hand um and to provide a little bit of background I've worked on the Sony project a little while ago um we'll leave it at that <laughs> But I basically, from from my, I, I I worked on it on the post side of things, and for, for the Sony NDAs, it's it's very much, um, it's very specific to like not being able to divulge your role in the project that's uh, that's in question. Um, I had never had to sign anything, and I have worked on a few like Marvel Studio stuff on like a very very quick freelance basis where the nda was maybe one or two pages long um but i had never had to sign something that's over 45 pages long um which sony's is and i i hear that they're notorious for like having it structured that way now that being said though i also got to look at somebody like andrew molina um sorry alfred molina um who like very plainly just kind of revealed his part um in but yeah i feel movie. like some of those guys like andrew molina or alfred molina now i'm confused uh, <laughs> i'm thinking of his cousin andrew uh <laughs> yeah i think they it's very strategic with like who do we announce who do we not announce so that's kind of why it's so hard to be on the fence with this one or it's so easy to be on the fence with this one because he's to me, he would pass a lie detector test, but maybe they are just being strategic. Like, we'll give some teasers and then some will hold the cards on. Yeah, I'll. I can only speak to what I've heard about you know through the grapevine. And I've tell heard, us what you've heard. I'll I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I've heard is that he's been signed on for a while to the project. Now, to set everyone's expectations on it, I would not, I would not expect um, either Andrew, neither Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire to play a significant role in the movie. Um, I would, I would expect them to play what will amount to like a, a little bit larger than a cameo kind of role. Um, so be. So from what I've heard is that you will get them, but they're more of a third act play uh, kind of thing. So the focus is going to be on Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and on Doctor Strange. So the roles that they'll play won't really come into play until much later. And from what I heard, the one that didn't sign on until like really, really last minute was Tobey Maguire. And that's the reason for some of the... Uh, pickup sh- pickup shooting that they've been doing recently is because mm. now they're going back and putting in um, Toby into certain scenes. Wow, good thing you don't have an NDA because you just spilled the tea. 
I didn't spill nothing. I don't know where I got this information from. This is all alleged. <laughs> I mean, it, it just wouldn't make sense that you would bring in their enemies and not bring them in for, at minimum, just like a cameo type of thing. The other thing about it, too, is while these are Sony movies, they're being produced by Marvel Studios. So Kevin Feige has a big hand in what goes into these movies. That's part of the arrangement uh, between Sony and Marvel. And I just don't think that Kevin Feige is the type of guy to just tease this kind of thing and then not deliver on it. Yeah. What I will say, though... There have been things in the past, right? Like what? Give me time to think about it while you say your next point. <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing I, I, I will say is because Sony Pictures is in charge of the marketing for this movie, I feel like the marketing for these Spider-Man movies has never been quite as good as some of the Marvel stuff. Um, so if I feel like Marvel at this point would have revealed... Uh, Toby and Andrew Garfield, but Sony kind of wants to hold off on that big reveal for later on. And who knows when that'll be. Yeah, how late can you hold on to that, though? Because, I mean, any longer, like, if it's too close to the release date, it's a stupid spoiler. Like, you had this locked and loaded, this surprise locked and loaded, and we we would have been gushing over it in the theaters. But if you if you give it to us too early, it, it's like, the hype will build up and then come back down before the movie comes out. So it's a very delicate dance to figure out when do you spill that. It's a risk, but I feel like the only reason why they're even, they've even held off on this reveal is because of the pandemic. Before the release of Shang-Chi, there was a lot of speculation as to whether or not the Spider-Man movie will keep its release date for this year. Yeah, and I think that's still on the table of possibly moving it. Um, no one knows what's going on with the Delta. That could possibly be a, a factor into into delaying it. Or if these couple reshoot scenes delay it as well, uh, it's I think it's very possible that it gets moved. I, it's it would be really bad press if 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 it does get moved though. I don't think it's moving at this stage because Shang-Chi kind of proved that you have an audience and you, you can still get them to come into the theater. It just has to be the right movie. However, I will say that I feel like the reason behind them holding off on it is because they were scared that this was actually going to... Because, like, how bad would it be if you get people all hyped up and now, you like, two weeks after you release the trailer, you then announce that you have to push your movie down to 2022? There would be pitchforks and torches it would be blue balling <laughs> the audience basically <laughs> so let's hope it doesn't come to that but i think i'll, I'll go uh I'll, I'll swap i'll i'll say that i'm not buying it i think he's a really really good liar and he seems like he could pass a lie detector test with it so even if they gave him one i wouldn't believe it that's how entrenched in my policies i am <laughs> and i'll say that He's going to be in the movie. Uh, it's probably the third act type of appearance. Uh, and it probably isn't like a major conflict resolution, but like a small park to play type of thing. He was also like super, super red in the face after he gets asked um, to reveal whether that leaked picture was him or not. Well, yeah, that's also the thing is like he starts off one way and then he goes back another way. But I feel like that's all part of the deception, right? I mean, they 
they don't go onto these shows and just sit down on the couch and just start talking. They all these are prepped. They have all the questions at, before time, like ahead of time, so they can prep however they want. Yeah, and also, um, I was gonna say like. I wonder if they've been asked this question on like Jimmy Kimmel or is it, has it just been the Jimmy Fallon show that they've raised? Has he been the only one to ask them? I haven't watched any, if he's done other interviews, I only saw that Fallon one. The only reason why I bring up Jimmy Kimmel is because that's, you're talking like ABC studios there. That's like Disney's parent company, in which case they'd be very strategic of how they phrase that question. Well, yeah, Jimmy's thing is usually like, he brings in all like with the Avenger stuff. He didn't really get that involved until it was like the week of, and they just brought in like four or five at a time. So I, yeah, I think they will be very softer, very softer. they will be softer <laughs> with, uh, uh, on Jimmy Kimmel's than Fallon's, but Fallon is kind of a dork or dweeb. I don't know. So <laughs> he wasn't that pressing either. I'm I'm just curious to see how this is all going to play out. I, I I do think though that this movie has been like this might be the most anticipated movie since Endgame at this point. Yeah, it really is. And it's funny because like Eternals is still on the slate to come up before this. Like nobody's talking about that movie. <laughs> well, Kevin Feige's talking about that movie a lot, and I feel well, like he can, he can talk about it, but nobody's listening. <laughs> Well, like, I, I was kind of surprised that, um, you know, we're, we're, what, like, two months away from Eternals premiering. Um, and they definitely have stuck to their guns. Like, they haven't said any sort of indication that they would move the the release um, over to, like, another month or so. Um, but uh, all the reports internally were saying that Marvel's very, very confident in the Eternals as being one of their best movies that they've done. So and and truth be told, it's the least, it's the movie that least catches my attention, um, out of the superhero stuff this year. I think that's because like the trailers haven't been that great, but I have a feeling it's going to be a really good movie. Yeah, I have a feeling too. Like it's going to be kind of a sleeper hit for for folks, but I also kind of worry that that's going to damage its box office uh, returns a bit. Well, yeah, it's also like, it, it it's bearing the lead of being a Marvel movie. Because it's between two heavy hitters, Shang-Chi and Spider-Man. It's hard to get out of their shadows if you're a character that no one really knows about. And, yeah, nobody really knew about Shang-Chi, but there's definitely a bigger following for it. Yeah, it's just, it seems more aligned to cookie-cutter Marvel, Shang-Chi does, than, than Eternals. Eternals seems like it's a little almost out of left field for what Marvel normally does. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think this is a good catch-up uh, on wrapping up what what has happened recently and then uh, looking forward a little bit, right? Any other topics in your mind before we uh, before we sign off? Um, no, I think I'm, I'm, I'm all set. I feel like there's a lot coming. I'm excited for everything. Um, in terms of what's next on the slate, Star Wars Visions is coming out. I'm not an I'm, anime guy. I'm not so much either, but I did enjoy the Gendy Tartakovsky series of Clone Wars, the micro series that they released a while ago. And I feel like I'll treat it the same way I treated that, which is like it's a nice little adventure inspired by Star Wars, nothing more. Yeah. 
I'm just excited because every episode of that series is directed by a different anime artist. Um, so I'm excited to see what other people's interpretation of it is. I don't know, like you've seen, like I went to Comic Con about two two years ago or so, and I saw this like artwork for uh, Mandalorians and uh, Jedi Knights all decked up in samurai armor, and it's just a cool concept, you know, like to to kind of apply it in that respect. Like it's 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 always cool for me to see something inspire another form of, of art. Yeah, it is a nice fusion. Um, yeah, I agree. I think this upcoming season has a lot of momentum and it's going to be moving really fast. I think, you know, sleeper pick for me of being most excited for is James Bond. I mean, I love Daniel Craig in that role, so I'm really excited for that. But it's so hard to pick like one thing out of this. We have back to back to back movies coming out and then wrapping up What If. There's a lot. I'm gonna be risking COVID by going to the movie theater. <laughs> I'm gonna, Quite yeah, we're like living there now. Yeah, it's we'll see. I mean, v- Venom Two is up next on October first, which is 15 days away. So I'm waiting on that. I, you know, between that and the Disney Plus stuff, and the HBO Max stuff, I guess to a certain extent, like it, it's a lot. It is a lot. It's uh, a little bit of overkill, but uh, that's what we love here on the pod. So we'll we'll get into all of it. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. So, if, of course, always, as always, if you think we missed anything or had a wrong take on something, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at BT4ThWall, 4being4th. Otherwise, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.